it require you to be able to think outside the box, to adjust, and that's what public service is, you know, to ensure that you try to meet all the needs of your community, African-American, Asian, Latino. Or regardless uh, of their Regardless of their, their belief, you know, be Muslim, Christianity, Buddhism. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just so much, right? Or atheism. You're like, I don't believe in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and just be able to say, yeah, okay, great. Let's learn from one another. Right? Let's learn from one another. Just because we're different, that doesn't mean we get to be, you know, in our own little circle and, and just divide ourselves from them. Say, I don't want to be, no, it's, there's, there's no, and the idea that, you know, we're not teaching uh, diversity, inclusion, or equity at school. How are we going to ensure that our future generation can compete globally. Well, hello and welcome back, lovely listeners. I'm Genevieve, your guide on your spiritual journey to actualization, and you are listening to Overshare today. I am so glad that you decided to join me and spend a little time with me as we hit that mindset reset button and give you some practical tools to cope with all of the things going on in the world today. And I'm so excited about today's topic because I really want to dive into curiosity versus reactivity. And I'm lucky enough to have Francine Lee on the show. She is actually running for Congress currently uh, to represent the Texas Congressional District 24. She is a certified court manager. She was a prior district legislative director, a grassroots leader. She's a first generation Asian American, a child refugee, which I'm very curious about. We're going to get into that. And pretty much someone who doesn't shy away from hard work or a challenge. And I'm really, really grateful to have her on the show today and hear her story. So Francine, tell us about you. Tell me your story. Good evening or morning. <laughs> I know. She, y'all, she's so busy, y'all. She's so busy. You guys should check out her social media. She's somewhere every single day. I don't know how you do it, Francine. <laughs> yes, uh, we are everywhere. Please do check out our social media. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Thread, uh post uh just please check us out follow retweet if you like and get the word out um as a grassroots activist i know that um uh, advertising from your friend peer-to-peer advertising word of mouth carries more weight than when you receive a, a flyer glossy mailer in the mail and you just read it and say mm, okay and then you tossed it aside but if the advertising, uh, the uh, encouragement, the knowledge from uh, on a candidate comes from a friend, a neighbor, it carries a bit more weight. And that glossy flyer, when you get it, it's like, oh, okay, I've heard of her. Or I've met her, or I've seen her at an event, exactly. or I've talked to her in person. Yeah, it matters a ton. It matters a ton. So... Hopefully this will be a nice little preview for my lovely listeners. So, and one to get out and vote too, please. Oh my gosh, y'all, please, please. That's another kind of thing that we're I'm promoting, and I'm very interested to see. Uh, yes, different um, people locally who are running for Congress. <laughs> As the chair of the North Texas Asian Pacific Islander Public Affairs Association, which
which is a nonprofit organization. It's formed like 20 years ago. Um, we are out there encouraging our youth to be civically engaged, you know, voting, right? Um, far too often our youth, um, they, they don't vote. They don't know who to vote for because it's not a, a table topic, uh, dinner table topic issue. Uh, mom and dad are usually too busy working two, three jobs trying to put food on the table, let alone talk about politics. Um, so we need to change that for our uh, African-American community, our Latino community, and our Asian-American community. Community. We want to make sure that our minority community understand that our our power, which is in our voice, but our voice is in our vote, and the vote is our power, and that is what's reserved for us in the Constitution. Um, so please make sure we exercise that at each and every election, our power, our vote, our voice. You know, the ballot box is where we, if we disagree with something, the ballot box is where we tell them our feelings and we need to do that every day every election don't sit out i know it's busy but please make sure you go out and vote yes all to all of that that was that was a great tagline too francine with the vote uh but tell us about you tell us about where who you are and your story where how did you get involved with all this how did you decide that you wanted to throw your hat into the ring in such a volatile divisive <laughs> time to go into politics well you know as you know I am a child refugee. I came here uh, fleeing Cambodia, fleeing the Khmer Rouge. Uh, we, our family, my brother, my father, my sister and I, my brother was born here, so usually I say, ah, he doesn't know anything about that. But the four of us, we, we evacuated Cambodia, um, you know, fled on foot. We, you know, we were poor uh, agrarian. We, we were in the countryside when the war broke out. Mm -hmm. I just remember uh, the last time that I was in Cambodia was when we had to uh, evacuate. Remember my mom, my dad uh, carrying up my sister and I and just dropping us into a ditch and then seeing, uh, picking out, seeing my uh, mom running toward us to get come to safety and just dirt flying, you know, like barely, like we're just like dodging bullets and oh she uh, jumped into the the, uh, the hole with us. He cover us up. He tell us to go to sleep. Now I'm always very obedient. Yes, sir. <laughs> when uh, when we woke, he he, you know, we we got out of there and started walking, and that was the last I saw of uh, home in Cambodia. Um, and then we made our way through Laos, uh, went to uh, Thailand. There was a refugee camp in Thailand. Again, we walked through the jungles. You know, there was some desert dunes, uh, uh, avoiding landmines and avoid being captured. You know, how old it, it were you? Just, how old? Like around how? I was how, young. I was like, young. I came here. By the time I was came to America, I was nine. Okay, so I was this nine. is like previous yeah, to the, nine. Previous to nine. And, you know, the, the Vietnam War, uh, you know, the U.S. pulled out in 75. So as you can imagine, during that time, uh, I came here in 79 um, when I was nine, but I, and I, uh, I didn't get to learn. I, there was no, I, I wasn't educated. I was technically an illiterate. No, no technically about it, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read to learn and write until I came to America. Mm. English was the first language I learned to read and write. In. You know, I learned my ABCs in, in Dallas Independent School District. Oh. <laughs> my tutor, I always say, yeah, you know, Sesame Street, Big Bird, don't be, don't be getting rid of PPS. No, of course not. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and so you you can imagine running for office for me. I mean, I'm just happy to be here, living the free life uh, without uh, being fear 
persecuted because my father was nearly hauled off and and killed because if he had been we wouldn't be here because no one would you know we can't there's no way that my mom and I my sister could even make it over here he when we went the uh waiting for our paperwork be uh to be accepted to the U.S. as refugees um Mm -hmm. I think the only country that that applied for was the U.S. Um, yeah our family uh applied for other country Germany France you know uh, England wherever but we we were the only one that applied to America. So when we got here, that was it. Mom, dad, my sister and I, the four of us in this entire United States, we didn't have any family support. We didn't have any money. We didn't speak the language. You don't understand the culture. So it was assimilation. Quickly. <laughs> Quickly. Do it. Do yes. it or su- do it to survive. Exactly. Mom and dad don't speak the language. We're having to learn and, you know, translate, uh, read leases at uh, everything oh for them you um, don't think about that kind of stuff you, you know you, you don't <laughs> those like little nuances to be able to just live and have a good life and wow wow <laughs> and tell tell us tell the lovely listeners how you got involved with all of this kind of grassroots your legislative work your all of oh. the, all of these kind of types of things and eventually where you are now in this point in your career right in high school there was a co-op program mm-hmm. uh, at Skyline. I was part of the co-op program, and I was my first assignment was with a dentist, but he didn't keep us. He didn't keep me. So imagine if he had kept me, my, my whole career would have been a different route. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, he didn't keep me, um, so I went to my second assignment, which was at a law office, and mm. uh, that was how I met my, uh, my current boss, uh, and I've been with him ever since. Um, I started out in his law office uh, just as a receptionist, someone that files paperwork and, you know, read and file, you know, really high school like a, kid. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. An okay. Just, I, I used to work as a paralegal. So like that resonates with me so much. So the yeah, paperwork and the the, paperwork, yeah. doing all the, the, the grunt work <laughs> for all the attorneys. So and that office was so small that they didn't have room for me. So I was technically in the um, bathroom. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there was a shower in my office. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow oh <laughs> i don't know i don't know about those working conditions francine i don't know it was about like those the storage area and there's a shower like oh okay and then there's where my dish i'm like okay and there's a phone i'm like that's all i need <laughs> <laughs> uh, by this time i was already naturalized uh, i was uh i became a citizen when i was uh, 19 and uh, i got a oh is it 18 i forget it was it was a hot hot fourth of july uh, uh under a hot tent at old city park where i i took my oath of allegiance it was hot I just remember it was hot it was on the 4th of July I was so thankful with my sister was there with me my friends were there so that was a very memorable moment <laughs> yeah I'm sure I'm sure they're reviving that old city park by the way I hope so they are yeah. they they're rebranding it y'all to to be new city park I just saw the social media for it the other day it's pretty 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 hopeful and so, so you working in the law office, and mm-hmm. that kind of just sparked your passion, like towards not not quite. Uh, <laughs> after I graduated, I, I was working full time. My father had gotten ill, so my mom, my sister, and I, you know, had to work full time. I, I went to UT Arlington for one semester, and I call it quits. I just couldn't. I really? couldn't. You know, it was hard working full time and trying to take go to class and, and take stuff care like of your that. Parents. Yeah, and my parents. So I I call quits. But I continue my education. I went to Eastfield Community College in order to get my associate degrees. I saw that on your bio. Yeah, during that time, you know, I work full time. 
I still had to take, you know, a couple of classes. It it was, you know, one or two class night classes, and I liked that environment better. It was more mature uh, adult in the same shoe I was working, you know, working, trying to go to school, understand that education is important. Mm-hmm. Um, because back then in my era, you could actually have a good paying job with a high school degree. If you get an associate or certification, that's even better. And those were union jobs, you know, those were union jobs. Yeah. Um, But as I, I, as, as as you know, nowadays, the world has changed. The world has changed. You can't get anywhere with those. You even, even with a master, you just might get a job (laughs) nowadays. Um, But back then I understand, you know, education is important. So yeah, I, I got my associate. And again, I was still working for the law office. I love what I did. So I decided to go to do my paralegal certificate at El Centro. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recall in one of those classes, they were like, you know, talking, well, should I go into law school? Because, but luckily one of the professors like, well, you don't have to, you don't want to, you know, be a lawyer because lawyers still need someone that managed a case file and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. That's it. I'm just, this is where I like what I'm doing this right here, administering, right? Yeah. Administration, like paralegal, helping the attorney get the case file ready and, and you know, just communicating, you know, just that, that administrative aspect, being in contact with a client and stuff like that. Right. So I'm like, okay, that's good. Uh, so I was good with what, what my associate degree, my certificate, I was making good jobs, uh, good money at my jobs. My boss was the state legislature. So that helped as well because I was the uh, district legislative director. He, he, he said, he asked me to be, so I, I ran the district office by there in well, Austin. <laughs> uh, you mean from the so you were working as a paralegal and then this the district thing was separate? Yes. What 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 what's great about it was that um because, you know, public he's he was a state legislature and, and he has his own law office and oh. his law office was in the district and instead of, you know, because taxpayer, you know, like your budget is taxpayer funded. So he carved out an office for his legislative office. So he donated an office space for the for the oh, okay. legislative and office. And yeah, that way it saves it saves taxpayer on rent. Yeah. And yeah. with that, he was able to do more uh, community outreach, you know, constituency work. Was able to, like, you know, your, your, your budget, it's on a, a chunk of it. Like, maybe half is on rent. Well, overhead. And, yeah, overhead. And, and, you know, your flyers <laughs> yes. and, and all the promo yes. and exactly. all those yeah. things. Right. So right. with that, he was able to donate space, which free up some budget so that he can do some more uh, advocacy work for the for the district, for his constituents. So that was great. That was like, you know, like everything I learned is always like conserve, be, be a good uh, fiduciary, you know, not waste public funding. And that's that's what I learned from from working with uh with with him um and so that was your first kind of yes yes toe in the water yeah Yeah. to public office and ever since then technically no no (laughs) not that either because my dad was opposed to me working for an elected official because you know where he come from (laughs) they're usually corrupt evil you know (laughs) a lot of well we're going to talk about that in just a little bit here when we get to mindset vocabulary and some of the other yeah. things in the episode. But there's that there's that stigma, you yeah, know. Yeah, there's so. that stigma. So um, he, he wasn't too thrilled with me working for an elected official. But honestly, um, after eight years, when my boss was no longer a uh, legislator, because he got redistricted out of his district, oh. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and he, he's like, okay, you know, because I think what they did was they took his district and combined it and let two you know like you know 
Yes. And he's like, no, nah, we're all familiar yeah. with those types of <laughs> tactics. Um, so he's like, no, nah, let's, so he went back to private practice and my dad, I could say my dad was honestly, um, disappointed because, you know, he, he's like, no, he, he proved me wrong. You know, I, you know, my mindset was like elected official, all corrupt, evil politician, but no, this one really, you know, did good for the uh, community. I mean, yeah. he set out to not to enrich himself, not to line his pocket, like are too many. Right. Uh huh. So, um, and when he went back to private practice, my dad was kind of sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was it. Uh, we went back to private practice. Um, we, uh, and then um, when the bench came up, the 134th District Court bench came up, mm-hmm. uh, Judge Ashby had retired um, and he ran for judge. Um, and, you know, like during this time, I was a precinct chair on the SDEC, you know, serving just, just grassroots, just doing some stuff. A mom. A lot <laughs> going, of things. Life. Going back to school, Life. Uh, getting my uh, <laughs> a bachelor in legal studies, because by this time I had my son, my oldest. And, you know, and I know what the world's like. You know, like I said, you know, you can't get anywhere without a, at least a master. So I was like, well, only all he got is an associate and a, a, a paralegal certificate. How am I going to tell him, encourage him to make sure, you know, stay in school? So I went back to school again. It's night, nighttime. I went back to school and got my uh, bachelor degree. But before then, education-wise, remember my dad was ill and we had to take care of the household. And, and that includes my brother's education. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, I think he was getting into his teens, uh, 14, 15, during that age where, you know, you're teetering if you if you don't have that strong uh, role model. Unit, yeah. uh-huh. You know, you're... you're <laughs> You could, you know, teeter and fall off the grid and be, you know, spiral Go down. the other way. Exactly. So my mom asked me to be in charge of his um, education. And so, you know, I mean, as, as for our family, you know, education is very important. It's always been, we don't talk about it, you know, unlike under people like, yeah, I like, <laughs> we, we, you know, we let our action speak for ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the loudest and I think most effective way. And so what else in terms of how you're how you got here? Like how so all those steps, your education, you're doing all this stuff. Like what was the, what was the point in time where you said, I'm going to run for Congressional District 24? What, like, tell me about that moment that that happened. So um, I wanted to run for Congressional District 24, but I, I, I didn't want to because a friend of mine, Jan McDowell, was running for it, and I supported her. I have supported her for the past uh, three, four cycles, and I wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. When I saw kids in cages in 21, that did something. That did something because I was a refugee myself. Yeah. I was a refugee yeah. myself. And, you know, and I know that this country has great compassion. I know that because I'm here. Okay. I am the product of our country. Okay. We, we, we love one another. We uplift the human compassion is there, but the previous administration kind of took all that and just threw it out the window, mm-hmm. threw it out the window. And, and, you know, and then you, you, you don't see a lot of elected leaders as, Hey, you know, no, they don't. They turned. They turned the other way. They kept quiet, uh, especially our faith leaders. Especially our faith leaders. Oh gosh! And it, it, it's just disappointing <laughs> yes. because growing up, I only learned one thing in Bible school. That was Jesus loves me. Right? Yeah. Right. Jesus loves me. That's why he sacrificed himself. Jesus loves me. Yes. But that was not what I saw. That was not what I saw. And that was uh, a world that my children's growing up in that they think that that's normal. Hatred, racism, division. It's not. That's not us. No, it's not. 
It's not. And with that, that's such a good segue too, to um, kind of talk about mindset vocabulary. Because remember, you, my lovely listeners today, we're talking about curiosity versus reactivity for the for our mindset tool, just kind of the outline and what, what we're trying to give y'all today to take with you and spread out into the world. But the first thing, and, and Francine kind of, you hit, you hit on the nail on the head when you're talking about that isn't us and having that kind of sense of belonging. And I think belonging is such a important emotion, feeling, and I always track it back to good old Brene Brown, where she kind of coins belonging as of being a part of something bigger than yourself. But it's also the courage to stand alone and to belong to yourself above all else. And I think what you just said, I think we have this kind of skewed idea of belonging right this kind of slippery slope like at what cost am I going to belong and I I don't want to just throw MAGA out there just from the get-go because we're still in mindset vocabulary but it's such a prime example of how important it is for people to belong to something at all costs and I just I don't it's hard for me to wrap my brain around that because of just kind of things that you just said like Jesus loves me, you know, that's not who we are. You know, we're we're a country of immigrants and mm-hmm. so yeah. what treating do you treating think? people like how we want to be treated, right. right? And building bridges instead of trying to tear it down and putting up roadblocks for one another, right? Right. Like, uh, right. I'm I'm over here, you know, you you lend a hand and pull your your neighbors up, your brethren up with you and not not shut the door and just like hey, Bye. But what what do you think? What 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 are your thoughts? Especially because you're kind of inside the inner workings. Because when you when you're running for office, it's mm. a whole another animal. It is. You it know, is. you're seeing all of those moving parts on right. the inside and the outside. And the most important part is engagement. Let me give you a prime example. Mm-hmm. During the 2020 census, I was out there knock, knocking on doors, trying to get individual to, you know, fill out the census form because it's important. It's federal money. It's how we get represented representation. That's how we gain two seat. But I bet we would gain more seat if more people had actually fill out the, uh, the census. census form. Remember, New York lost one seat to Texas because 19 people failed to complete the census. Oh my God. 19. <laughs> 19. All right. So when I knock on doors, I'm fa- I'm confronted with, you know, go away, don't come back, right. I'll shoot you if you come back, right. you know. Yes. And and you can hear children like okay, two, three children crying in the background, but I can't enumerate them because they're not filling out the form. These are like when education, it's grant funding based on census data. And since this data is not just one year, it's for the next 10 years. So let's example, two neighborhood, right? Two neighborhood, each with 10 kids. One neighborhood enumerated all 10 kids got funding each year for the next 10 years. One neighborhood only enumerated five. For the next 10 years, you're going to just have allotment for five, five children, kids. but you got 10 to care for. You will always be behind. And I don't know how to get that out there to people other than uh, because our elected officials should be transposed. It should be sharing that information, passing it down to our community. Hey, you know, make sure you get... Did you hear hear about any of that? No. No, exactly. Well, what were they doing? Uh, immigration, what was citizenship, uh, pushing, uh, trying to, you know, all everything negative. Everything just trying to make sure it fails. But do you think, you, 
how, well, especially on the inside, how do you deal with people that really align or feel like they belong to something, especially when it's like MAGA or right, very conservative or right wing individuals? Because I know you have to have to you, tackle that, right? You do I have mean, to tackle that. But, you know, as an elected official, you don't just represent one party. You represent your entire community. Right. And as an elected official, we must pa walk past party line okay we must see ourselves with them we can't look down on them and say ha, ha, that's not me i'm one of you i'm gonna be right here hand in hand making sure that we take that step backward or forward together preferably forward together hand in hand no matter our differences our community is so diverse but we yes. grow we can learn from one another and that's how we you know at work you would have cross training right one 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 individual do this all day and they would cross train for maybe a month or two like hey you know come over here see what this person does and then that way you're yeah. a well-rounded employee and you can actually help the company grow and not just be isolated you know that narrow that tunnel vision that all you do is this data entry and, and then when it. when something happened I was like, oh i don't know i don't do that and you can't you know to be a community you got to be well-rounded and you gotta I, I guess that's like a jack of all trade right you, yeah. you got to know a little bit of everything, everything in order to be able to tackle it and if diversity come like with the COVID pandemic right and we are, I work for the courts and we just adjust it okay in person online okay what do we need just equipment and there it is I mean others just stuck can't do anything and I understand sometimes some some work uh requirement logistic it's just you, you require that manual labor. Mm -hmm. But others, you know, you can shift or you can do a hybrid. Like it's, it require you to be able to think outside the box, to adjust. And that's what public service is, you know, to ensure that you try to meet all the needs of your community, African-American, Asian, Latino. Or regardless uh, of their regardless beliefs. Regardless their their belief, you know, be Muslim, uh, Christianity, Buddhism. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's just so much, right? Or atheism. You're like, I don't believe in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and just be able to say, yeah, okay, great. Let's learn from one another. Right? Let's learn from one another. Just because we're different, that doesn't mean we get to be, you know, in our own little circle and, and just divide ourselves from them. So, hey, I don't want to be, no, it's, there's, there's no, and the idea that, you know, we're not teaching uh, diversity, inclusion, or equity at school. How are we going to ensure that our future generation can compete globally you you go you go to other country their student speak three four different languages ours barely speak english <laughs> i do want to go back because you said something too that kind of goes into the this kind of like vocabulary that i want the lovely listeners to have with this idea of we all have something to learn from each other which is kind of the basis to, for today's episode is like strengthening that muscle for curiosity because i think the climate that we're in right now it's more judgment it's judgment based and it's so hard i mean it, this is kind of why i wanted Francine to come on the show because it's so hard to have that when you're com you're bombarded with really um I don't weaponized uh ideas about you know um freedom and you know the constitution we were talking about that before the episode started and just all these things and it's so hard to kind of pull that judgment back and still remain curious because those people are still people regardless of what they believe in and even though it's so hard for us to get past that how do we you know it's like we're as children we're, we're always curious about 
the world and the mm-hmm. experiences that we have yet to have. Yeah, and teachers are great at ensuring that they open up their mind, let them explore and, you know, go out and then come back, right? Analyze right? that yeah. analytical thinking and, yes. and seem like you're afraid of that. Like growing up, that's a, like, uh, it was a challenge. Like, yeah, okay, let me think outside the box. Okay, come back in. But, <laughs> ev- but even when you were growing up, you had such a traumatic experience as a you know what you Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier how do you think that you Uh, those hidden PTSD (laughs) (laughs) well yeah but how do you how do you think that you remain such like even now you're still very it sounds like you're very curious about the world and what it has to Mm -hmm. offer versus being judgmental about any of you know maybe those people that are kind of involved in that 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 comes with uh, a mindset of I've learned just recently um that the reason I'm okay is public service, a community service, uh, therapy. Uh, one of the therapists yeah. was was <laughs> listing was listing all the therapy, like you know what you know do this that or the other. And it was all like cost money, and like I think the last couple of the last two was like one of them was community service. You give back, you know, you work through your your trauma, and it's free. <laughs> well. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's why. Okay, no wonder. Because my husband always said, why are you always, you know, doing this? And you don't even get paid. I'm like, well, I don't know. I, I, I just like it. You know, giving back, you know, volunteering here or there. Just, you know, just something that's giving giving back to the community. That's That apparently is therapy. And I, I just realized, I didn't realize all these years because I've been doing this. And just like, oh, I don't know why. I just like doing it. Not with the intention to run for office. Like I said, running for office was never on my radar. <laughs> Never. Well, but you know the way it happens, right? <laughs> right, right. Usually that's like, oh yeah, I'm doing this because I want to run for something. Or you say never and then it happens. Ab, ab. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah, like here, it's, it's just, I, I just, that's why I'm, I'm running. I just can't stand, I, I, we need someone to advocate for our values um, because I think somehow we lost it and we need, I, I would love for someone else to come and be that <laughs> beacon, but I looked around and there was nobody and you know how he goes like, and no one's there, you're, you, you're it. You're, you're it. the person. Yeah, like quit looking, that's it. <laughs> Well, we're definitely in an age of onlookers and spectators instead of doers and and people that are active. But that brings me to my next point for uh, mindset vocabulary, too, with I've been seeing this kind of idea I, I think it's a, some documentaries that I've been watching with the idea of the burden the burden of the oppressed mm-hmm. and I, I think this really will resonate with you too Francine because of the fact that you were a refugee and I have a couple examples here but basically the idea of the burden of the burden of the oppressed is it it's people that are usually oppressed it usually is their responsibility for awakening human human freedom and humanity like it fall it usually falls to to them versus the people who are oppressing mm-hmm. right and which is so it's it's, it's mind-boggling yeah. to me and that's kind of you're in that situation because you're coming from that place of oppression and you're not submitting and you're doing something about it so i just it's crazy it's what what do you think do you think that that's true or you think the majority of people that you are involved with or have yeah. gone through something like yeah. what you went through when you were younger <laughs> no a majority of people i go are not are not like me I, yeah mom and dad's like no you don't need to hang around them you you'll only bring you down that's why i'm out in you know different hanging out with different people, uh, learning, and I've always constantly learning. Yes, I have my own uh, 
clique, my own neighborhood, my yeah. own, you know, those that share common uh, struggles, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but but I, I don't always hang out with them. I don't always <laughs> hang out with them because it's real, it would be too depressing, guys. <laughs> So you come out here and, you know, help and, you know, uh, the the compassion that you've been a given and you, you pay it forward, you know, tenfolds. And, and I see all that until just, like I said, the previous administration just kind of took that and just try to crumble it. And I'm like, no. Do you think that you saw that like locally here in Dallas too, like the, from the previous administration when all of that was kind of in a full force? Like, did you kind of see the trickle down like locally here in Dallas from that? Oh, locally, um, not really. Not really, but okay. but when you see it at the border, it's like you know Texas is big, and Very big. for for you know for the those who are in charge that doesn't think about the human casualty, you know the the inhumane condition down there. Um, and I, I know, look, like they said, you know, it's being overrun. Like, okay, if it is truly a crisis, mm. bring in the international community. We have the international community, the the you. United Nation, World Health Organization, Red Cross, you know, bring them in and let's fix this. You know, they would not be fleeing a country. Refugees are from third, let, let's see, you're, you're considered a refugee if you are fleeing like a third nation. You know, mm -hmm. it's a, if you're from Mexico, no, you're not really a refugee, but you're like from... Like here, you're from uh, Honduras, you're from Guatemala, you're yes. from, you know, uh, uh, countries that are like, okay, wait, you... you left your country not once you know you cross through like two or three country to find safety you know you're seeking refuge right, right? uh and I, I and you know all they think about is the drug cartels and stuff like that i'm like yeah that's probably one percent okay you know you you have kids overdosing okay i understand do we we need to educate our youth, right? The the fentanyl crisis. I always I, when I talk to my kids, I, I I use this analogy, right? It's like adding salt to your food or sugar to your coffee. Okay, fentanyl is so potent that it's just a sprink, just a sprinkle. Yeah. Okay. Salt, sugar for my coffee. I I, I feel by the spoonful, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right by the spoonful. So and and we tell them, I tell my kids, you know, do not eat food from anybody that you don't trust. Because fentanyl, anything can be laced with fentanyl, not just pills, anything. Anything can be laced with fentanyl. And if they don't know the dosage, that's where it goes. Well, it's an, I mean, but these are kind of things, regardless. Regardless, you, exactly. Regardless of <laughs> that, that whole opiate, that whole opiate crisis was caused by. It's manufactured. Uh, well, it was, that happened long with, long ago with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all of these drugs that have to go through quote unquote vetting and anyways uh, uh, that's a whole nother episode but that is a whole nother episode but it's it's <laughs> it's kind of this idea that we're mitigating something that has already been it's like we're stop trying to stop the bleeding and but people are using that narrative in order to justify things that are happening that shouldn't be happening yeah exactly so exactly. like at the border, right? Closing, yes. yeah, um, putting out these uh, bob wires and razor wires and and but like, that's not going to stop fentanyl. No, or it's not drugs from crossing because the they're actually border. coming through the uh, the the point of it port of entry and, car and cargo ships, y'all. Mm -hmm. So yeah. uh, you know, I, this is what I'm. This is what I mean. They, it's like the the burden of people like refugees, and I, I have a few examples too. Uh, there's a documentary uh, called Accidental Courtesy with this guy named Daryl. 
David and he's a black musician. He goes around and he befriends members of the KKK. And this is what I'm saying. This kind of idea of a black man going out there and really making an effort to be friends with someone who hates him in every way just based off of the color of his skin, you know. And there's a recent documentary uh, called Refuge by this Syrian a Syrian refugee. Uh, he fled oppression and he, the same thing, he befriended this KKK uh, person, guy, mm-hmm. uh, in Northwest Georgia. And this person, and a lot of these people ended up leaving the Ku Klux Klan because of mm-hmm. the relationship that developed. And I think that's really well, what yeah, you're trying um, to do, kids. Francine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. my kids, you know, um, for the longest I never <laughs> have you ever had that talk with your kid because um, you want to make sure that they come home alive I had to have that talk with my son you know like you know if you're pulled over when he started driving like all of them when you start driving make sure to move slowly and hand your road your ID and registration slowly no sudden movement yeah okay and if you hang out with friends make sure you hang out with uh you know no more than five people and have make sure you have a, a Anglo friend with you don't don't be all one tone not not all dark skin you know you, you have a a white friend with you, someone with a fair skin so that the cops don't shoot you first and ask questions later. And and it's just that idea, you know, it, it was it was heartbreaking to have that talk with your, your children and you, you try to I, I raised them as American. Okay. I ra- we speak yeah. English at home. They they you know, they, there's there's no Chinese uh, or Cambodian or Vietnamese. It's just between mom and dad, you know, his grandparent and I when we do converse. It's in our, our native language. But in English, it's a English speaking household and I raised them as Americans. That sounds familiar um, for immigrant families. Right? <laughs> no no n- n- only English. Only English. <laughs> only English. I want them to ensure that they master their language. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cuz I know the struggle. Yeah, having having grown up and speaking three four different languages it, it was it was difficult. It was difficult. It is. It is very difficult. <laughs> but what what would you say to someone who denies that that type of situation exists see this is the and this is what i'm saying and be and i feel there, there is there is individual that denied that exists see, and so and i just last month i think last month i was at a a um an event and i was just sitting there talking to a a rural texan mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and um you know i was like well you know it was the previous administration that put a target on my daughter's back you know all these wuhan virus chinese kung flu i mean he's the one that put a target on asian americans back and asian is diverse people that got attacked are from thailand uh korean south asian south asian are like pakistani palestinian you know Indian, uh, Nepalese, Bengali. I mean, they're, they're a- like, okay. Anything, anyone Asian, that looks Asian, right? All of those yeah. nuanced, yeah. you know, countries yeah, exactly. and people from those countries really doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't for, matter for, for, that, for that part. They, you guys can't tell the difference. People can't tell the difference. So individual are getting attacked because they think they're Chinese. And who who's that? That's because of those hateful rhetoric from the leadership. I mean, the most, the, the man that hold the most power. We give him so much power, and we gave him the power to destroy us. But when you say we, see, this is it's what, we. No, it's we because we elected him. What our well, election? I didn't elect him. That's true. I didn't vote for him either. But it, we, 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 we. That's an honor system. We. He won the election. He won the electoral vote. He 
was elected to represent us. I love how we're not saying his name either. But yeah. <laughs> this is but this is what I mean. Like th- there's so many people that do buy into that yeah. and do really feel that way. And how do we turn the tide? The for- ballot box. The ballot box. That's but those people only are way. gonna be those I know. They're gonna vote based on their feelings. So like let's just they, I'm here they with are you. Vote based yeah. on issue. They they're called issue voters, right? Issue vote. Like for instance, the Tejano community. They're faith-based, majority Catholic, and I know that the other side is on this agenda of pro-life versus pro-choice, and they take the pro-life issue, and if you're pro-choice, not understanding, I'm pro-choice, you can choose life, you can choose, at least I'm giving you that choice, the ability, no, civil liberty, it's, it's between you, your God, your doctor, you choose. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but they, they yeah. <laughs> but this is this is what I'm saying. Do you think it's up to you? I mean, but just put the whole put the whole. Uh, you know, you're running for you're running for a public office. Like you kind of have this duty just as a person, as Francine. You would you sit yeah. there and listen to them and really try to understand what they were you, saying? I I have to because I represent them as a public official. It once elected, I am responsible for listening to all sides. But I think you've all always ideas. been that. Way. I think I've, you've always been. Yeah. That way i've always been that way and you 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 try to come you you pull ideas and and situation where you can agree on and let's work off of that and you don't have a lot of people don't do that you know they they're one stance my way or the highway right right but public service they forget we work for the people and it comes different ideas and being able to meld them all together so that we compromise we're not going to get everything. Only God gets everything. <laughs> we are not going to get everything. But, you know, let's come together and see where we can better ourselves. Each and every one of us can benefit, can prosper. And I, I know voting, most people vote with their pocketbooks, right? And that's it. You know, is this person going to raise my taxes or this person's not? And let alone that one issue, even though they're going to strip you away of your right, but if they don't raise my taxes, I'm going to vote for them. Where this one's like, yeah, I'm going to have to raise your taxes a little bit. But look, we are protecting uh, Social Security. We are preserving your educate your kids' public education. We are, you know, doing all this. But that one issue that and they that's that's voters. That's us. That's our free will. We can go and what you call it, take down, tear down, analyze each candidate to the core, and then we'll pick one issue that we disagree with and won't vote for them. And that's where, as a public official, as a, a community leader. That's our responsibility for educating our voters to let them know, okay, you got 10 things here. You only disagree with one. Can we, you know, vote for this person? Or are you rather voting for one person that you have 20 things that you disagree with or, you know, and you only agree with one thing? Which one will benefit you most? Which one will be out there that will actually advocate for you? The one that says, you know, everything you like except for this one issue or the one that has 20 things that don't you don't like except for this one issue that you like i assure you if you vote for that person that has 20 things that you don't like and you select him trust me he's gonna do what you don't like so why are you still giving him that power or her that power to take your rights away to not advocate for you when you need it most and that's what public service is and it's us we can't blame the public official they tell us what
what they are, who they are, well, and we're the one that votes for them. <laughs> like George Santos did yeah. it. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. George. See, it's what, this, no, actually, people in the inner circle yes, knew, but see, they didn't say anything. But it always comes out, y'all. Yeah. It, it may take a while, uh-huh. but the truth is going to come out. Right. That's why my mom said never lie, because you, you're going to have to keep, you know, like lying to cover up that lie. Like, oh, look, the truth, there's no lie about it. There you go. <laughs> I just... It's, I think it's a very hard environment to navigate. And I think a lot of people are just angry and mm-hmm. very upset and very frustrated. There's a lot of mistrust. There's a lot of misinformation. And I think it triggers that reactive. I'll give you an example. If I met someone or I ran into someone out in, in the world, like you probably have, and they have very opposing beliefs or differing beliefs than what I think, it's that gut reaction to just be very combative and reactive versus, well, tell me why you think that or mm-hmm. tell me wh- where you heard that or whoa what website did you see that on or and those questions my lovely listeners are way more powerful in my opinion I don't know well I'll ask you the same thing no. than just being yes, aggressive yes. yes no no exactly like um a few months ago I actually sat down and spoke with a friend because she's Muslim and I like you know tell me you know I'm I'm religious uh, I'm you know I don't sh- <laughs> I, I don't try to uh what's your proselyte you proselyze I think yeah, that's, that's the word yeah I think that's it <laughs> you know my, my religion I carry it in my heart and I practice it daily but I don't like you know push it, it on out. people yeah push it mm-hmm. on people and mm-hmm. she's a Muslim I'm like I oh, don't let's just talk about it see what and she was explaining like okay all love you know yeah you know Anybody can take one's religion and turn it into hate. Hate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they could do that. And and you know, either you use it and use love to apply your religious, your faith, or you can use it hate. As you can see, the previous administration used it for toward hate. Uh, there's a lot of um, individual that use uh, religion toward hate. And and like I said, all my life I've learned one thing: Jesus loves me. Yeah. Right. And and that's that's what I have try to instill in everything I do is that the the idea of love, compassion, inclusiveness, uh, not division, not exclusionary policy, but you see a lot of that. You see a lot of that out, yeah. out there from our elected ofi- official, especially during this past legislative session. Uh, a few years back, they have this show me your document uh, uh, rule for the Tejano community, right? Oh, uh-huh. they, yeah, right? I remember right? that. Yeah. I do remember that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> luckily, yes. Luckily, we defeated it, but it took the whole community to defeat it. And same thing here. This past legislative session, they had that same type of law, exclusionary, unconstitutional type law against individual of Asian descent from purchasing land. So I was like, OK, I got to show you my paper to prove that I'm not. Not Chinese, not Korean, not Iranian, not Russian. So it's like it's another form of show me the paper law, right? Show, show me, me your yeah, show me the paper law. And and you know, if you keep electing individual like that who will chip away at your rights, then it's our fault. Cause slowly, slowly we are giving them one brick and they will lay it behind us. If we keep doing that, that one brick will become a wall. You turn around and there's a wall. There's no one there to help you because you no longer have any rights. That's our civil liberty, okay? That's our civil liberty. We gave that right away. And I, I, that's, that's a great kind of visual of 
for all of anyone that's listening right now or to all my lovely listeners to kind of do the work even if it's to inform yourself to have those tools when you are out into in the world to be able to have these kind of constructive conversations with individuals so that they're able to you're able to make an impact like I really think it's important because I think even if you come across someone that has opposing views that they're going to be more apt to listen to you if you're able to ask even though they may piss you off i'm not saying that they won't or they may get under your skin or they may say some really awful horrible things because it's happened to me yes they they you will feel like oh my gosh like i want to punch my you in own, the face yeah, uh, my own existence offends offends you, you. exactly uh-huh. or like, the things I that i believe in are just uh, absolutely, absolutely wrong for you like and i and it's kind of getting past that initial judgment mm-hmm. and reactivity and i and i, I do want to just quickly get into mindset tools uh for like how to increase your curiosity which kind of francine's kind of been talking about it ask questions take the time to do some i i think and plus since you're running for office i'm sure you do it all the time is self-scripting my lovely listeners like write down you know things that you may get asked i know that sounds kind of crazy but then you have it like you know it it's in the back of your mind where if somebody says well i i don't think that white privilege is real uh i don't think that you know uh whatever that was just an example but you know along those lines you know and then you're able to have that kind of in your back pocket to know how you're going to tackle that and really work at it because y'all practicing curiosity it's a muscle it's Mm -hmm. like we're going to work out you have to practice it especially as adults we're jaded we're you know we're pessimistic we're judgmental and it's not i'm and i'm not shaming y'all it's just the way that's what happens as we get older yes yes most people will view the glass what as half full and i i just want to view my glass as half uh, or no wait the other way around around. yeah people people i i see my glass as half half always always you know my mindset is seeing that positiveness right whereas if you you just look at life toward everything's half empty that's that's really depressing and you know it's gonna weigh it's gonna weigh on you more it's gonna take more of a toll and and i and i still want to just reiterate i know it's tough y'all i know it's tough it's really tough it's a tough thing to do but the more you do it the better at it you get so so i i do want to get into rapid fire francine but before we do that is there anything that's like super important on your heart or that you want to share before we wrap up and do the rapid fire um just please make sure that you guys go out and vote all right or tell them when tell them when the you know when when my for my race for my race i have a primary uh, march 5th 2024 is my election day primary uh, early voting starts on february 20th running through march 1st of 2024 i do have two other primary opponent but i am the most qualified of the three in the primary um, i live in my district for well over 20 years i am a community leaders i have over 20 years of public service um and yeah you know <laughs> so vote vote please. vote and and be kind to each other yeah be nice to each other try and put yourself in someone else's position i know that's really tough nowadays because it's just um but yes and she's francine brought in these great little uh door hangers today and i'll be plugging all of her stuff on for her website and i really hope that you my lovely listeners that you get involved that you go out there and vote because like francine said like your livelihood's at stake your your rights are at stake (laughs) i think now more than ever it's been it's so it's like i said it's just so polarized and so 
I think it's such a toxic environment that we really need to do a lot of healing and acknowledging mm-hmm. before we yes. can uh, move it's, forward. It, you know, it, it's like so politicized. If you're a Democrat, we're not going to vote you. If you're a Republican, you're all evil. I was like, no. Wouldn't it be great age? if you didn't know any of that? <laughs> exactly. Like you just had to vote like based on the person. Like there was no party affiliation. Uh, yeah. Like you just had to say, this is what I, what, this is what I stand, stand for. for. Yeah. So it's, it's just crazy. <laughs> but okay, let's do rapid fire really quick. Okay. And I, there's just a couple, like I'm going to do three questions and just whatever comes to your head. So the first one is, if you could create one rule everyone in the world had to follow what would it be uh you're required to treat everyone how you want to be treated um you know this way we'll be building bridges and and you know like where, where there's a communication because you, you don't want to be treating people all badly and then they all treat you bad and like uh, why are they so mean like well that, that cycle that cycle that's a good one uh, tell me an early specific happy childhood memory, something real specific, something that I can relive with you. It's uh, happy. Ch- it's a it's happy, happy, me- happy, happy, happy memory. <laughs> happy memory. Uh, the birth of my little brother before he passed away, before we, before, before the war broke out, before the war broke out, I was probably three. I, I remember his birth. The day he was born? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was remember. it? What was it like? We, um, uh, my mom, my mom was, uh, cause we, it wasn't at the hospital because it, it was a countryside. So it, it was my mom in the, uh, on the bed with a midwife over her. And uh, uh, she was giving birth. Um, she saw me standing at the doorway. She says, go play. <laughs> and you, you didn't. Uh, oh, I did. Oh, I did. you did. I did. And, oh, and that, was, that was it. That was the time when my brother was born. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so that was, that was nice. That was nice. Like, okay. But then, you know, that's also my, my saddest moment, too, because I, I also saw his, uh, his passing. So both my happiest childhood memory and saddest childhood memory is both his birth and his death. Oh my gosh. Wow. Both in one. Yeah. Yeah. So when people talk about vaccine, um, my sister and I was born at the hospital in Cambodia. Uh-huh. Uh, so we were fully vaccinated. vaccinated and he was born, you know, in the countryside, not at the hospital. So he didn't get the uh, proper vaccination and, you know, he passed away from, you know, from it. So, you know, I know there's America there, there there's the <laughs> <laughs> anti-vax that's group. A whole, that's and a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> and, and again, that's civil liberty, right? That's our civil liberty. I, I, I will definitely ensure that my kids are are fully vaccinated and it's your civil liberties to to not and that's because i've grew up experiencing both, both. yeah so you yeah. know and, and again that's our civil liberty you're, you're i'm here to protect our civil liberty to ensure that if you want it you can have it if you don't want it you don't have to and the last one is tell me something you've been involved with or been involved in over the course of your career it doesn't matter if it was commercially successful or not uh that you absolutely love being a part of it. And if everything you did in your life was like this one specific thing, one specific thing, you'd Forever, be the happiest. Right? Yeah, Forever, you'd, right? yeah. You'd be the happiest person alive. This is it. Community uh, engagement, right? Just going out there, helping others, just, just helping other, you know, just paying it forward. Is there a specific like community service that you've done that is anything food bank, you know, voting either anything community service that that is it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Just helping. <laughs> all, all, all of them. Everyone. All of, all it of don't them. matter what it is. You know, Yeah, going out there, you know, just uh, picking up trash or, you know, 
whatever. Oh yeah, I pick up trash. <laughs> I pick up trash every day. I go to the park, y'all. It's crazy. It's you know, and it's those little things. I think I really do think it's those little things that yes, really can make a difference. Even though you don't feel that way, you feel very overwhelmed with the adversity of it. Yeah, and that's why you know it leads to it leads to bigger things, y'all. So I just I. Like I'm, I'm glad that you give you're giving us this perspective, Francine. Thank you so much. Uh, make sure my lovely listeners to check out Francine on social media. What's your uh, Instagram handle, Francine, or all your social oh. media handles? Okay, so I she's am, got a few here, yeah, y'all. <laughs> I do have a lot. I am on Twitter. It's a uh, fly for Congress. Let's see. Let me let me make sure. Yes, fly. It's F. My first initial, Francine F, and then my last name, L-Y, Lee, for Congress on uh, Twitter. Um, I also have uh, Instagram. It is um, Francine for Congress. Uh, Francine Lee for Congress. It's that, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's Francine Lee for Congress on uh, Instagram. Uh, I am on Facebook, the same thing, Francine Lee for Congress. Um, but, yeah, please do well, share we and will- like. I'm on TikTok as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I can't get I can't get with it with TikTok, but with TikTok. I can't get with it with TikTok. But all I will, my lovely listeners, I will definitely uh, plug all of these things on my social media as well, which I encourage you to follow. I have Facebook, uh, Instagram as well for the show. Make sure you subscribe and hit that alert button on anywhere you listen to your podcast, mainly Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, and please stay tuned, my lovely listeners. Overshare's next episode is going to drop very soon. We are back. If you haven't noticed, I took a little break for the summer so uh, I'm just glad that I'm back kind of the ball is rolling in full force Uh, and just like I said make sure you keep up with that uh, on my social media Uh, and please please make sure to share this episode with someone who needs to hear it Um, and the other thing my lovely listeners I'm going to be adding some Q&A and polls uh, to my episodes once I once I drop them or once I publish them uh, specifically on Spotify just to kind of gauge your thoughts and your opinions and your feelings and kind of what you thought about this episode and kind of what really resonates with you. So please check it out. I really encourage you to do it. Uh, participate. Uh, I love to hear from y'all. And thank you so much, Francine, for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your your time and your energy and your story. Thank you. Uh, I I wish you my pleasure my well pleasure. <laughs> i really hope please go out and vote y'all uh, yes. next you know next local election Francine march Lee march, <laughs> march 5th 2024 it's crazy because we're in, it, we're, we're, we're in september, september and we're yes. already pushing which is great that's why you know mm-hmm. i want people to be prepared put it on your calendar it takes five minutes to go vote the election key key uh, just to remember there's primary yep. in march yep there's municipal in may and then uh, there's the general in November. And, of course, there's runoff. Runoff, for the primary runoff, it's usually within 30 days of, of the primary. Same thing with municipal. If there's a runoff, it's usually within 30 days of the runoff uh, of the municipal election. But I think the only time that it actually shifted is because of 2020, because of the pandemic, where, where they had to adjust the logistic a little bit. But I think we're back to that schedule. You know, every election, all right? Don't sit out our voice that's how we um, let them know. Let us let public, whole public official accountable. Remember, we're the fiduciary. We're here to uh, ensure that we represent you. We're not here to represent ourselves. Public official are not there to represent themselves. Not to get yeah. rich. Not to get rich off of us. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we're there just to hold the light, or was it a hold? Hold on, leave the lights on for you to. 
like just imagine it's a tunnel. I'm just there holding the light so that you can get pass through the tunnel safely. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what elected officials all they have to that is their sole responsibility to ensure that we the people are safe. And far too long we have given them power, and instead of keeping us safe, they've taken it and and utilize it, uh, weaponize it, and and has benefit themselves instead of we people the community thank you so please y'all please vote make sure you check out francine's page see what she's about she's about all good things like she like she said uh um, thank you so much for coming on the show today francine thank you for inviting me (laughs) all right so my lovely listeners i'm sending you nothing but good vibes and uh, a week full of purpose and intention so remember to always speak your truth fiercely and with vulnerability and as always The light within me honors the light within you.